Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 825, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 through 33. Let's read our passage. That same day, some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came up to him and questioned him. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother is to marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first got married and died. Having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second, also, and the third, and so on to all seven. Last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, then, whose wife will she be of the seven? For they all had married her. Jesus answered them, You are mistaken, because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. He's in Jerusalem. This is the end of his ministry, and he is interacting with the religious leaders, specifically the members of the Sanhedrin, the ruling council. And the chief priests and elders came to him and said, By what authority are you doing these things you're doing? And who gave you this authority? Jesus asked them about John the Baptist's authority, but they were afraid to answer because of the crowds. Then he gave these three parables about the two sons in the vineyard, the landowner and the wicked tenants, and then the king inviting guests to the wedding banquet. And we're told that they knew he was talking about them, and they were looking for a way to arrest him. Well, you've got to have a reason to arrest him, and so they're trying to lay traps for him. So the Pharisees had a go at it. They sent their disciples along with some Herodians, and they asked about, is it lawful to pay Roman taxes? Jesus gave them a a tough answer to their own question and sent them away. Now the Sadducees are going to try. So in verse 23, we pick it up. That same day, some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came up to him and questioned him. So they have the same motivation that the Pharisees, along with the Herodians, had to trap him. They're trying to get him to say something that's either going to get him in trouble with Rome or get him in trouble with the religious authorities, so that they can actually charge him with something like blasphemy. This says there were Sadducees. Now, most of the chief priests and many of the elders were Sadducees. There were three main groups of Jews in the time. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and Essenes. The Essenes you don't see much of. They lived like monks out in the desert quite often. The Sadducees looked to their authority for the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. Those were the authority, the religious authority for the Sadducees. They didn't put a lot of stock in the latter books in the Bible. They gave zero authority to the oral law, which the Pharisees put a lot of stock in. 
and they did not believe in any life after death. So it says they don't believe in the resurrection. Well, that means they didn't believe any life after death. They believe when you died, you're dead. Most of the priests were Sadducees. Not all, but the majority of them. And many of the elders were Sadducees. They controlled the temple, the temple in Jerusalem. The Pharisees believed all of the Old Testament and the oral tradition. They were much more popular amongst the people. and They had the authority in the local synagogues. And so the Sadducees now are trying to trip up Jesus. Verse 24. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies having no children, his brother is to marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Well, this is what's called leveret marriage. We see it in Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 and 6. And it's exactly that, that the idea is to maintain the bloodline, maintain the family name, maintain the property in the name of the dead brother. And it's the brother's responsibility to make that happen. Now, leveret marriage, it comes from the Latin lever, which means husband's brother. Now they go on to give this very improbable scenario, but it's meant to show the silliness of belief in resurrection. Verse 25. Now there were seven brothers among us. The first got married and died. Having no offspring, he left his wife to his brother. Same thing happened to the second also, and the third, and so on to all seven. Last of all, the woman died. So she's been married to seven brothers and now she dies. And their question in verse 28, in the resurrection then, whose wife will she be of the seven? For they had all married her. Now you may ask, why are they asking this question since they don't believe in a resurrection? Well, they already think that Jesus does believe in a resurrection based on what Jesus has been saying. We've, if we just track through what we've already seen Jesus say in it, Gospel of Matthew is pretty clear. Jesus believes in a resurrection. He believes in life after death. So their goal is, one, to get Jesus to align publicly, theologically, with the Pharisees. And that's going to convince the rest of the Sadducees that Jesus is theologically problematic. Because they're probably working this from the viewpoint of it's going to be the Sanhedrin which is going to pronounce judgment on Jesus as some kind of blasphemer, as some kind of false teacher. And so to try and convince the whole group of Sadducees that are on the Sanhedrin that Jesus is problematic, they get him to align with the Pharisees on this case would help do that. But also to just show the silliness of believing in a resurrection. And so this is this tough question, and this will show him that the idea of a resurrection, it doesn't work. Whose wife will she be of these seven? She was married to all seven, and you can't be married to seven men, because that's not allowed either. Verse 29, Jesus answered them, You're mistaken, because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. So he's going to hit them on two points. One is there a concept of marriage in the resurrection. Second, their concept of the resurrection itself. He says, verse 30, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now he says, 
in the resurrection, not meaning the event of the resurrection, but the state of being resurrected. So he's basically saying in heaven. So in heaven, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Now, what's he mean here? Well, angels are spiritual beings, not biological beings. And we don't see angels with gender. All the angels in the Bible are described in masculine terms. The only two angels that have names are masculine names. They're always used with masculine pronouns. Is that because they're men? No, I think it's just because that's the default way to describe them. I don't think it's appropriate to say that angels are male. I think what we say is angels don't have a gender. They're spiritual beings. So does this mean there is no marriage in heaven? Well, essentially, yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. At least not like on earth. Now, on earth, you have one man, one woman married in this exclusive relationship with this deepest bond of a relationship that can exist on earth that's for life. That's a really wonderful thing. But that doesn't exist then in heaven. And their problem here is extrapolating that life in heaven is just an extension of life on earth. We will live in heaven just like we did on earth. No, no, it's going to be very, very different. And so you can't just say that it's just going to be like it was here. No, it won't. That's so hard for some people. Some people find life's greatest joy is in marriage. I love no one more than I love my wife. And to think that we wouldn't be married in heaven? Well, we've got to remember, it's better in heaven. And the marriage described in the Bible in heaven is the marriage between Christ and his church. So what's this mean about me and my spouse? Well, we're not given those kind of details. The details were given right here where Jesus says, it's not like that in heaven. So all we know is it's not like that. But we do know it's better. We will have this incredible relationship directly with God. And that's where we will get our true fulfillment. And we won't have this exclusive relationship. There'll be no marriage. Let's say there won't be love. So what will my relationship be like with my spouse in heaven? I can't really say. Anything I say would be pure speculation. But Jesus criticizes their questioning and that they have a wrong assumption going into it. That you're married on earth. You're still married in heaven. He said, no, that's not the way it works. And there's certain irony in Jesus's answer here because he uses angels as his teaching example. Sadducees don't believe in angels either. So some irony there, maybe poking at them. Now, verse 31. Now, concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the crowds heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. So first he deals with their misunderstanding about what things in heaven are like, that they're not like this on earth. Now he's going to talk about the basic understanding of life after death, life in heaven. And there's plenty of passages in the Bible that speak to this very clearly. But remember, they only have confidence in the first five books the books of Moses. And so Jesus here uses Exodus 3, 6. This is where God's speaking to Moses at the burning bush. We've got Moses saying, who are you? And the Lord says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
Not I was, but I am. He is their God. And Jesus says, he's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. This astonished the crowds by this way he put away the Sadducees here. So he's continuing to deal with the religious leaders. He's dealt with groups of them mixed, and now they're trying to look for ways to trip him up. The Pharisees tried with the Herodian. They didn't work. Now the Sadducees have taken their best shot, and that didn't work. I'll deal with some Pharisees again next time. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time. So continue working through Matthew.